welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. We are in our second week of our series on identity. Identity, something important to all of us. It's a question of who we are. So as the church, you know, this is a good thing for us to talk about. As the church, as a part of this faith in Jesus Christ, what is our identity? I mean, we have different denominations. We have different understandings of our faith. And it's good for us as United Methodists, as the church, to understand who we are. So last week we began, tried to begin with basics that we are sacred Sacred, created in the image of God. Sacred meaning we are designated for a specific purpose, humanity. And that includes us. That's part of our identity. Even as United Methodists, as a part of the church, everyone a part of the church, we regard ourselves as sacred. We embrace that. And so today we're going to focus on the word holy. We are holy. And this idea of holiness, we're going to focus on as an invitation into a new way of living life, a new way of life. And we could start with holy. If we go back to the Scripture, try to understand how this word's been used. If we go to the Hebrew Scriptures, holy is usually meant as this set apart, this setting aside. And so it's, it's something designated for a special purpose is sacred, but set aside is different than other things. So we set aside Sundays as the day for worship. It's what we would call a holy day. This is the day that we've set apart. And so the people, Israel, were set apart. They were going to be a different kind of people through which God would work to bless the rest of the world. I mean, the plan has always been for everybody and everything, but it's this group of people that are being set apart in this unique way to be the people through which God would work. And so then we come to the New Testament and this Holiness, this idea of holy is different. It's not being set apart as much as it is taking on a new way of life. And so everyone's invited into this new way of life. It's a new way to orient ourselves. That'd be a good way to say it. It's kind of where we start with understanding our identity and how we understand our purpose. It's this new way and this holiness that Paul talks about. The Gospels really bring up how Jesus invites us into this holiness. And so This holiness is the foundation upon which we live, breathe, speak, act, and engage with our world. Now, frankly, this holiness was one of the reasons that Jesus just became too much for some of the leaders in his day. And we often point to the Pharisees and priests. The reason they struggled with him so much is because they were operating with the old way of understanding holiness and he was bringing in something new, and it really it, it made them uncomfortable. It challenged what they had, their, their privilege, their power, their status. And so eventually they killed him for it. They killed him because he's bringing in this new way. So the old way, according to the adversaries of Jesus, they thought of holiness as something people were called to be. And so if you are a person of God... You are to keep yourself separate, apart, and aside from sinners. And so lots of people were regarded as sinners, prostitutes, lepers, tax collectors, you know, general people who are not adhering 
to the strict purity codes, they were regarded as sinners in Jesus' day. And so Jesus went amongst all those people and didn't keep himself separate. In fact, he invited them to the table. He ate with, sat with, communed with everybody. Anyone who would sit at the table, Jesus welcomed. And that's not how the old way of holiness works. Jesus just lived this life completely set apart from the world's ways, structures, and systems. And so there's this thread of holiness, but it's a new way. He lived a life of compassion, of humility, gentleness, and patience, rather than of separation. He brought this way of life to the table and to anyone and everyone he encountered. He invited people into a new way to live rather than a new way to behave. It was an entirely new way to live. It wasn't just not doing something or making sure you did a particular thing. It was a whole new reason for the very reason you do or don't do things. Uh, You are being led into life in this new way to live rather than just trying to avoid traps or God's anger and wrath. And so Jesus called this new way, a term you've heard, the reign of God or the kingdom of heaven. And so it's not a place as much as it is a way of life. People struggled with Jesus' new way of holiness. People struggled then, and people still struggle with Jesus' new way of holiness now. Because we want to operate in a way that separates everything. It clearly marks and categorizes. We want to put demands upon people. We, we think that everyone should follow the strict purity codes that we have today as we might interpret or might understand Scripture or understand our traditions, and we want everyone to be acceptable by our standards. We call them God's standards, but they're our standards because we've made these traditions that are kind of back to the old way. And so we're talking about what we're trying to talk about, what Jesus talked about with this invitation to a new way of life. Following the way of Jesus Christ it leads us into this new way of life. It's a process. It takes time. And it does require our obedience. And so we're going to turn to Paul, and we're going to read from Colossians. And in this letter from Paul to the church in Colossae, Paul's begun the letter with a very, with very common Pauline themes, and some of which you know because we've been talking about them. Something's happened through this Jesus event, Paul is pointing out to this church. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has changed everything in a foundational way. So Paul says the old age is passing away. It hasn't passed already. It's not that it one day will pass. It's passing away. The time where the world is in bondage to the powers of the air, as we spent a whole series talking about, this old age is where the world is still captive. It's a time when humanity just follows the whims of our ego, of our desires, whatever it is we feel like we want to do. And Paul says the new age has begun. It's not complete. It's not that it's going to begin someday. It's already begun in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And so the time where the world is being liberated and renewed is is happening in Paul's day. The time when humanity is invited into this new way of life with God, with the Spirit, the presence of God within them. It's already started. And so we're kind of in this strange area where the old is passing and the new is beginning. So Paul speaks to the commitment each member of the church of Colossae made to the way of Jesus Christ, the commitment to accept the invitation to this new way to live, this holiness. 
And so he begins today's passage saying, we've been raised with Christ, raised with Christ. We've probably heard that before, but it's kind of a question is, what does that mean? Well, what he means is that in baptism, when we receive the, the water, the symbolic act to show the work of the Spirit, we receive the water and we receive the resurrection power of Jesus Christ through the grace of God and the Holy Spirit. Very big words, very, very churchy, uh, very deep in its meaning, and, and frankly, it's, it's big, and it takes a while to kind of wrap your head around it. But what it means is we receive the power of God through the Holy Spirit, and we are freed from the wrath of sin and death and chaos. Wrath, just think of the consequence. If you do something wrong, it, it, it leads to consequences. And, and when we live by our own ways, it leads to consequences right here and now in our lives. And so we're freed from that wrath. We now have the Spirit of God with us. This water, it symbolizes a new life emerging from the waters of chaos and death. So it's pointing back to Genesis. All creation came from the great waters in Genesis 1 and then again in Genesis 9 with Noah. And then in Exodus, it was Israel that came through the waters of the Red Sea into a new life as a new people, out of bondage and chaos and death into new life. And so we have come through the water, symbolizing that our lives, which were chaotic and leading us to death, have now changed into this new life with Christ. Our lives are no longer oriented to the old age, the old way. Instead, we have been born into the new age and the new way of life from above. So we're going to read chapter 3 of Colossians, verses 1 through 16. Therefore, if you were raised with Christ, look for the things that are above, where Christ is sitting at God's right side. Think about the things above and not things on earth. You died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So put to death the parts of your life that belong to the earth, such as sexual immorality, moral corruption, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. The wrath of God is coming upon disobedient people because of these things. You used to live this way when you were alive to these things, but now set aside these things, such as anger, rage, malice, slander, obscene language. Don't lie to each other. Take off the old human nature with its practices and put on the new nature, which is renewed in knowledge by conforming to the image of the one who created it. In this image, there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all things and in all people. Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against you, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so you also forgive each other. And over all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ must control your hearts. A peace into which you were called in one body. And be thankful, people. The word of Christ must live in you richly. Teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God 
with gratitude in your heart. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A lot here, a lot here. What I want to kind of focus on is this idea of taking off the old nature and putting on the new. Paul says to take the old nature off, put on the new. It's a reference to changing clothes, which was a common practice in religious ritual in Paul's day of of many religions, and Judaism as certainly one of them. Uh, We still have remnants of this practice, right? You wear your Sunday best on Sunday. It's a different set of clothes. And so in the Jewish day, you would go to the temple to offer sacrifice, but before you were allowed into that part of the temple, you'd have to take off your clothes, have a ritual bath, put on new clothes, and then you could be in the presence of God. So this symbol of new identity, leaving the old behind like a pile of dirty laundry. You are not who you were. You've taken that off. You've left it behind. You're something new, Paul says. It's a new nature. And think about that term, a new natural way of life. It's not a new behavior. It's a new nature. It's an expression of who we are, this new life. This takes work. We have to work through the process of putting the old way to death. And so, you know, I think back of when I was in junior high, middle school, whatever you call it, I, I, it didn't take me long to realize that there was just a different vernacular used in the hallways of the middle school. And if you wanted to fit in, you kind of joined in in your way. And you know, I grew up on a farm, so I grew up around, you know, choice language of the field that was a little different than the, than the language in church or elsewhere. And so the, the language wasn't foreign to me, and I learned to speak it. I used lots of words that I would never use in church. Uh, and I remember at one point kind of growing tired of the language, you know. Uh, I didn't want to fit in in that way. Whatever the reason, I wanted, to, I wanted to speak better. I wanted to sound smarter. I wanted to not worry about maybe blurting out the wrong thing in the wrong place, getting in trouble. And so I, I took effort to make this change. I didn't just snap my fingers and talk differently. I would recognize that I was saying things that I shouldn't say. And, and so maybe I'd say them and maybe 30 seconds later realize I'd, ah, I said something I didn't want to say. And as time went on, I started to recognize that right after I said it, I'd said something I shouldn't have said. And then eventually, as I was saying it, I would catch myself. And then before long, I started realizing I was about to say it. And then before long, it was not even the way I spoke anymore. It took time. It takes time to change your nature. And we have to give that effort and that time. That's part of our work as the church, as an identity of holy people living a new natural way of life. It takes work. So the first step is we got to recognize where we struggle. And I recognize that I wasn't using right language. So we need to look at our situation in our lives I know that we all still allow the ways of the world to influence us. The things that Paul talked about, greed, idolatry. We have a very unhealthy relationship with sexuality in our culture. You watch TV shows, you turn on the news, you watch music videos. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's not a really healthy relationship. We still measure our worth in ways outside of God. That's another way we struggle. How many of you consider yourselves holy, worthy? Or is your self-talk not so good? Another way is we, we allow all the wrong things to dictate our emotions. Think about the things that have made you mad in the last week. 
You think that they were worth it. Now that you're past it, now that you're not right in the thick of an argument or a conversation or the disagreement, think about how angry you got, how sad you got, how guilty, how whatever it is you were feeling, was it worth it? No. We, we struggle with that. And then worse, something dictates our emotion and then it actually affects our relationships and the way we speak and act toward other people, the way we engage with other human beings. We, we're tired. We're tired of all the divisiveness and, and allowing ourselves to feel the things we feel or let things out there make us feel these things. And so we ended up taking it out on the people we actually care about and love and know. In other words, we allow our eyes and hearts to fixate on things that are not good. We still separate ourselves from other people based on our distorted religious zeal, that old way of holiness. We have to take these things off, friends. I'm, I've got lots to take off myself, and I, I imagine you identify with that. You relate with that. It's not done. Our work is not done. But the good news is we have help. We have help. Church, this time right here, prayer, devotion, worship, praise. We're in a space with people we love, sisters and brothers. We nurture one another. And this is not just a one-day-a-week venture, friends. We can connect with each other every day of the week. We can be in prayer. We can do devotion, read our scripture, worship in the way that we act in the world. And our help comes through the Holy Spirit. In this effort that we give to change our nature, the Holy Spirit works in us, works through our effort, and frees us from our bondage to the old way of living. The Holy Spirit leads us into this new way of life and into this new way of life together. The church and our identity is as a people. We have a new nature in Jesus Christ. This new nature leads us into true life. You want to feel alive instead of dead, as Paul says? Follow Christ and experience life with a capital L. Life as it is meant to be. Eternal life. Fullness of life. Real life. Our nature can no longer operate with the old categories or methods. We've got to do the work We've got to set our sights on the vision of Paul, the vision of the kingdom where there is no Jew or Greek. There is no in or out people. There's no longer the old way of holy. No division of status in any way. No separation. And even bigger, there's no subjugation to the way of the world and its systems. We don't have to operate by the rules and the ways of all the systems in play in our life today. And we could talk about a number of things, xenophobia and racism, homophobia. There's all these things that we feel subjected to, that we have to follow certain rules and live by and be defined by these things. We don't. We can be good citizens of the world's systems without finding our identity in them. If we're finding our identity in God's way, God's justice, God's kingdom, We're going to be better citizens of these other systems. So friends, friends, if you want to experience life, put on the new nature and leave the old nature behind. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in conversation with people of faith. Be open. Be honest with yourself. 
Where do you struggle? Remember your identity, who you are, and whose you are. Remember where this whole story is headed, and remember that the old is passing away and the new has already begun. And we do this remembering when we come to the table of Jesus Christ today. So as you come to the communion table, come as you are, where you are, wearing what you're wearing in this nature and dirty laundry symbolism. Come as you are. Know that you are accepted at this table. And know that this table offers you a new way of life. Maybe you're still symbolically clothed in the old ways. Maybe you're reluctant to change all the articles of clothing. Maybe you're hanging on to something. Maybe you're ecstatically taking the next step into this new way of life. Come to the table as you are and accept the invitation to holiness and into this new way of life. Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.